Our story begins 65 million years ago in Brooklyn, New York. The Earth is a bubbling stew of primordial ooze, inhabited by overgrown reptiles with thick skins, tiny brains, and big, sharp teeth. Suddenly, the red sky grows dark. Out of the blackness, a meteorite hurtles to the Earth. As the big rock slowly sinks into the Earth's soft crust, a small, cone-shaped sliver of crystal breaks off. Our story continues. In Brooklyn, a mere 64,999,980 years later, a breathless and beautiful young woman tenderly places a bundle on the steps of a Gothic church. She takes from around her neck an exquisite pendant, a unique cone-shaped sliver of crystal, and places it inside the bundle. As she does, we catch a glimpse of the contents. It's a large metal egg an egg unlike any other seen by modern man. As we watch, the egg moves, it cracks, and a tiny, delicate human hand reaches out into the night. Our young woman leaves reluctantly. Darting into an abandoned tunnel held up by rotting beams, she heads toward a familiar and distinctive rock formation at the end of the tunnel. A handsome, evil-looking intruder overtakes her. Where's the rock? Where did you leave the rock? For now, the question will go unanswered. Welcome to the mid-jump. This is the episode of the Super Jump Podcast that isn't actually the Super Jump Podcast. The mid-jump is something that we put out between full-fledged Super Jump Podcasts in the same feed, just so we can give our listeners a little something to listen to between the big full-fledged Super Jump Podcast, because they only happen every two weeks. But with this, we can give you something every week. This is the free wheeling, free speech, free thought... Freedom of press, freedom of assembly, freedom uh, to bear arms, freedom to have bears arms. This is all of the all of the freedoms, all of the time. The only constraint that we're putting on the mid jumps is that they need to at least tangentially relate to video games. So of course this time we're talking about a movie. Um, I have a huge affinity for the movie we're about to talk to, and I've brought two guests who share that affinity, and I don't think there's anyone I would rather have on the show than these people. So let's introduce them. First, we have from Australia, like usual, but not James. So unlike usual, we have Milo. Hey, Milo, how's it going? Hey, good, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. And we have James, even though unlike James, it's not James, but this is a different James. Hey, James. Howdy. James from America. (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah, Maximum I'm the confusion. only James in America. I will occasionally oh, refer to James as Gibbon because that is somehow sometimes uh, 
what he's called. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow, sometimes, <laughs> the thing that he goes by. Yep. Yep. Commonly seen online as I am Gibbon. I have a real so, name, too. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Milo could be it. So, like, you're, you're safe. I'd just yeah. like to point out that Gibbon is a legitimate real name, and lots of, of prominent historical figures have it. Yeah, or like Gibby from iCarly. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Too old for that kid stuff. Can't know what Gibby from iCarly is. Uh, okay. But to, okay. this year, speaking of aging, it's 2018 right now, which means oh, that it's God. the 25th anniversary of none other than the Super Mario Brothers movie. Whoa. 25 Whoa. years. It's crazy oh, how fast time moves when something was released before I was born. But... Oh, <laughs> 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 crazy okay. movie. Just, let's get right that right off the bat. Insane movie. If you haven't seen the movie, I feel like you should probably watch it before you listen to this episode. Don't worry. We'll wait here on pause in your phone. While you do that, and when you come back, we'll just no, be we'll, ready we'll to keep talk talking. about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for them. We'll just make some conversation. Time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, we're watching with you. So first, I wanted to talk about the context in which we first saw this movie. Um, I'll start. It was way after the fact. Um, <laughs> I saw this movie well into the 2000s for the first time, and it was so crazy. Um, it was it was at least uh, in terms of Mario releases at least after Super Mario Sunshine came out, um, and I I had loved Mario. Uh, I grew up on Mario sixty four and Mario Sunshine. Uh, loved him so much. He's my favorite plumber man, uh, even when I was just a plumber boy. But I had no idea this movie existed. So when I heard there's a Mario movie, I'm like what are you talking about like that <laughs> that is the craziest thing you could tell me uh especially when i found out that um i found out earlier there was a mario tv show but that was a cartoon and that felt more like that just felt more believable but this is a live action mario movie that's played so straight and just wow i saw it i was i i fell in love with it even though it was absolutely nothing like a Mario movie should, for all intents, be. Yeah. Like, it should not be this. Yeah, if you uh, ask someone what it. to expect from a Mario movie, this is definitely not what they would say first. <laughs> no. Uh, Milo, uh, how about you? When did you first watch this movie? Yeah, so the movie came out when I was four years old, so thanks for making me feel old. Um, <laughs> I did not see it in the theaters, but I would have rented the video from our local... Um, Civic Video, which is now a pizza place, by the way. Mm. Yeah, that's a whole world that's totally disappeared. Um, I think I did that too. Yeah. They also had um, VHSs of some of the cartoons that you were mentioning. I don't know which one exactly it was, whether it was the Super Mario World cartoon or the Super Show. It was, they went to space. I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, I, <laughs> I'd seen that so, and I'd played some of the games, so I had a context for what Mario mm. was. Um, but yeah, like I said, the movie is so different from that, but still it really works. It makes something of itself, I think. Um, I don't really remember what my thoughts were 
at the time that I watched it, but um, I've certainly come to love it now. And Gibbon or James, whichever you prefer at this juncture, <laughs> uh, what what was your context for seeing the movie? Um, I was like six and a half when it came out. <laughs> um, I want to say I saw it in theaters. I have a vague recollection of that, but I have much more vivid memories of renting it constantly from the local video store nice. and like being asked to maybe let somebody else see it every once in a while <laughs> because it basically like lived at our home um and i had i had no concept of like this is separate from the games it was just like this is mario brothers of course this is this is part of the thing that is super mario <laughs> so oh, that's beautiful. And i was just I was enamored with it. Um, yeah, I talk about this with with you guys sometimes, where I just I don't like how <laughs> like the Mario stuff is separated into like oh the RPGs are separate from the main line or separate from mm. like the sports games or whatever. To me, it's all just it's all Mario, <laughs> right? At least so, in terms of uh, like canon that's repeated throughout the games. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, one one thing that comes up in, in um, some of the other fandoms I associate with a lot is the, the distinction between canon and continuity, uh, which, which is important because everything is canon, but not everything is necessarily in continuity with each other. Uh, but yeah, no, I love this film. I still love this film. Um, I think my, my brother views it less fondly these days, but... Um, yeah, th this uh, yeah. movie is for all that we're talking about it pretty solidly agreed to be a bad movie uh let's <laughs> yes. get that out of the way up front we are in the minority for sure uh this it's I, not loved yeah. it's not appreciated it's uh, underappreciated absolutely yeah it's unjustly I, I maligned so, so a, a little history here Mario was on the incline. He was one of the most popular characters of the 1980s. And in the late 80s and early 90s, Nintendo and uh, all the movie studios were in talks of how to adapt a video game to a movie. Not just Mario, but like a video game in general. Because we were talking about this earlier, and I don't... I think this actually was the first movie based on a video game. Yeah, I, I saw that in some of the... Um... The videos I was watching the other day uh, that came out around the 20th anniversary, uh, there was a, a bit from um, John uh, Leguiz. Yeah, oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, lasagna. Yes. There was a there was a bit <laughs> from him yeah. where he was talking about um, how he didn't quite realize the significance of of it at the time, but it was the first. Uh, live action movie, uh, live action tie-in movie. Yeah, that's what the back uh, of my um, DVD box says. Um, the first ever live action adaptation of a popular <laughs> video game. So I don't know if there was a previous one that was unpopular, but um, well, there was like it's War Games and how... Tron, which didn't have video games first, um, but you know they were yeah. about. A and video then there game. was like I recently discovered um, that there's like actually an anime mario bros movie that was out before this right yeah. oh yeah uh, but... peach him die whatever something yeah yeah, yeah that's why milo's here. like luigi's in blue and yellow and everyone looks weird and it's just 
Yeah, it's and really there's, adorable. there's this dog that yeah. accompanies them, and in the end, it turns into Peach's love interest. So, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's 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 80s anime, is what it is. Yeah, it's pretty so. cool. So, <laughs> lovely. But you said you mentioned there that John Leguizamo didn't like have a conception of what he was making at the time. Um, well, he 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 knew he was he was in the Mario Brothers yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. and that was awesome. And but he didn't realize that like this was the first time mm. that that it had sort of thing had been done. Well, it was interesting because Dennis Hopper and Bob Hoskins didn't even know it was based on a video game until like their <laughs> children told them. <laughs> Good lord! So just to uh, just to clarify who we're talking about here, uh, Dennis Hopper plays King Koopa. Hmm. Um, is that Bowser? Well, that question goes unanswered. Kinda. Um, John Leguizamo plays Luigi, and Bob Hoskins plays. Mario, I know what you're thinking. There's a significant age difference. So how do they make that work? That is the question that go- also goes unanswered. But uh, <laughs> no, it does work though. That's part of the movie. That's their dynamic and that's their relationship. Well, why don't why don't you go ahead and explain that then? Okay. Well, they have this um, relationship in the film where Mario is grounded. He's traditionalist. He's very um, invested in his family and the generations that came before him who were all plumbers. So his identity is wrapped up in um, his business and his family. And since their parents died, he's been raising his much younger brother, Luigi. And Luigi is very different to him, and they play up those differences um, in the film. Luigi's more of a dreamer. Um, He's, you know, he says he believes in things and he um, has good feelings about things. These are some of the lines he has. But it's kind of vague and sort of, he's a kind of a flaky guy. Um, But Um, over the course of the film, they sort of learn from each other. And um, uh, like, I I wonder if they were trying to play on the, the like the age gap between like kids who play games and their parents because at the time. Oh, yeah, certainly. There's a scene um, in the police car (laughs) where. Mario's struggling with the controls and Luigi picks them up intuitively because he plays video games all the time so he can just grasp <laughs> right, how right, this weird yeah. computer system works. Um, I, and Mario's you know, baffled they do by that it. later in Men in Black too. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, personally, I, I have a much younger sister who's uh, about 11 years younger than me. So oh, I, I, I can kind of like <laughs> feel out this relationship a bit, but not really. Because the the gap between Mario and Luigi is like thirty years or so, maybe more in this movie. Uh, it's it's quite a bit of quite a bit of time. I mean, that that sounds a little ridiculous, but like my dad was like the youngest of five or six kids, and his only brother of that that brood was the eldest. So like, there's a huge gap between them. But like thirty years. Uh, I don't know. I never got the impression it was 30 years. I just thought, like, generic movie, we cast people, and this is the older brother, and this is the younger brother. Sure, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a certain amount, and <laughs> actually a lot amount, of the movie just saying, <laughs> hey, we know this isn't how this works, but, like, if you if you believe in us, and if you put that on the back burner for the duration of the film, you will have a good time. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, this is that's very much a, the way to watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, very, very much a. If you stop to think about this, you're missing the movie and doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the the Super Mario Brothers movie is not 
by all accounts, it is not an adaptation of any specific game or series of games in the Mario franchise. The the premise of the movie is that, hey, remember that asteroid that knocked out all the dinosaurs? What if asteroids worked, like, a lot different and actually coded the dimension of Earth that those dinosaurs live in, in inside of its own crystalline pocket dimension container thing and then the mammals were separated from that so they were allowed to evolve into what we are now humans while Mm. dinosaurs and more reptilian species were also able to evolve into their own humanoid species of which king koopa is one of which um what the female lead of the movie <coughs> princess daisy is also one um mm. yeah it's and, a pretty high concept idea and yeah <laughs> like we said it has nothing to yeah, do with the super mario brothers nothing. games at all yeah when when you put it that way it's like where the fuck did they come up with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah because in, in the movie they kind of play it like this is an excuse to have all of those enemies that you see in super mario brothers this isn't even where that meteor hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the crater was way bigger. So the enemies <laughs> anyway, in Super Mario yeah, Brothers, yeah. you'll remember they're, they're Koopas, uh, which are turtles, or they are Goombas, which are chestnuts. Um, and No, that's have... only the ones in, in Super Mario World. The Goombas in 1 through 3 are evil mushroom guys. Well, the... Their name is still based on chestnuts, though. Karibu. Thank you, Milo. Uh, yeah. Okay. They've always had a chestnut connection. Um, yeah, but they just changed them to look more like mushrooms. Uh, but doesn't chestnuts. it say in the manual that like they're evil mushroom kingdom? Eh, whatever. It does. It does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they are simultaneously <laughs> mushrooms and chestnuts. So and also, okay. um, what is it? What is it? The one-up mushroom that they recolored to look like a goomba, or like they reused yeah. the sprite kind of thing? Yeah. 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 Uh, so. You're, you're thinking, those don't sound like humanoid lizards. Correct. But <laughs> would be correct. the way they recontextualize what a Goomba is and what a Koopa Troopa is in this universe is kind of genius. I think it's... Yeah, this is like... To say it's this just is like wacky if... would be undercutting how smart this is, I think. Yeah, it's another great concept. And when you see them, I... you instantly fall in love with them. Uh-huh. Like I've said it before, but this is basically like everyone's gritty deviant art Mario reboot. Mm-hmm. This is like Bioware was tasked with making a, a, a Mario game on the, the the Mass Effect engine, mm-hmm. and this is what popped out. And it still has to thing. come up come out for the Xbox three sixty for some reason. <laughs> like, yeah, this yeah. is that. <laughs> but it's it's that, but they got to make it. Like they actually did it. Which is yeah. amazing. It really is. Oh, yeah. the best part about this film is that it got made. Can you imagine seeing all these storyboards and concept art and not having the film and just having to dream about what it would be like? Oh, God. <laughs> well, that, that's a good point because the storyboard and concept art for this hmm. film is radically different from what actually was produced, <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, to some extent. Um, <laughs> I think it's fair to like, say that they couldn't fulfill all of the concepts that they had in the concept stage. Like, looking at the concept stuff and then looking at the film, like, they were certainly trying. Yeah. 
But so. obviously there's always limitations of budget when you're making a film and time. Um, this film did go way over budget and over time and it did not make its money back at the box office. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there were also many script changes during development. So what the film was conceived as changed several times from the planning stages till the, to the actual shooting. Yeah. It's, and that's it's part interesting. of interesting. Yeah, that's part of what makes oh. it uh, semi unsuccessful at some of the things it was trying to do. You could say. Yeah, like even just up to like because the way um, film novelizations typically work is you you send the shooting script to whichever author you've chosen, and they write up the novelization based on that script treatment. And yes. even just looking at the novelization of this film, because yes, it got one because every film got one back in the day and it's pretty good um it's yeah it's pretty good but the, even just looking at that there are scenes that are slightly different or just not in the film hmm. and expansions on stuff yeah you um, can tell that um <coughs> that todd strasser who did the novelization um got a version of this script and made the novelization based on that but then there were changes after that uh <laughs> sort of at the last minute for the actors um, and they've backed that up in interviews saying how much of a disaster the process was with the directors coming in and changing things up really late in the process and also the studio meddling and, and changing it um, like some some of that's understandable just yeah. typical like cut for time and pacing stuff right but, yeah eh, to but there were some like um, so to to get something out of the way um, Disney helped produce and distribute this film they own the distribution rights to this uh this is a disney movie for all legal intents and purposes mm. they made several suggestions like after filming was done and we were, they were in the post-production like well whatever you move like this scene over here and this scene over here and we trim this thing and put this and and by all accounts looking at it because people have actually like looked at those and and made that fan edit of the film and going huh yeah this does flow a lot better <laughs> but at the time those were uh, ultimately rejected it's weird to and, imagine yeah. a reality where an edict from disney isn't just taken as okay i guess we're definitely doing that now actually yeah now that i think yeah. about that it's like wait disney was like we think you should edit it this way for a better experience and they were like Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess it just goes to show how much smaller Disney was then than now. Uh, even though I, well, then, also I mean, Disney, Disney wasn't was still Dis Disney, but yeah, but Disney wasn't in charge of creating the film. It was a smaller production yeah. company called mm -hmm. I forget. But also, the directors were very hands-on. They wanted to make it their vision. So I can see them rejecting any outside interference in that way. Um, and with the scene change-up stuff. You can actually see if you look through the script how things are in a slightly different order and there's revision pages that change when things happen. And reading the novelization, it is also slightly different, especially in the middle of the film when you have scenes chopping between the Mario Brothers and Daisy and Cooper and Lena. Um, mm -hmm. And that carries through to the audio poster pack as well, which is another product which was <laughs> put out based on the earlier script. It was a cassette yeah. tape with an audio play version of the film. And not just like the soundtrack, which they've they've done before with things like the old '60s Doctor Who live uh, theatrical films oh. got just soundtrack releases with some narrating bits put in between the like the dead 
scenes to nice. explain what was going on when there was no dialogue. Mm. That is not what this thing is. They got a completely new cast of actors mm. to act out this thing for this uh, this poster pack that came with a cassette tape. Yeah. It seems so. a lot like every step in this movie production ha- had some opportunity to be at least more like classically traditionally good or at least closer to what Nintendo was probably envisioning a, mo- a movie based on Mario would be mm-hmm. um like Bob Hoskins being cast as Mario um is is kind of crazy now because now Mario's got a Mickey Mouse voice and he really doesn't look as old as he used to look now now he could um, feasibly be in his 30s like it well, seems to be so like Speaking of some of those old shows, one of those old shows had live-action segments where Mario yes. was played by older gentlemen. Right. Uh, yeah. Captain, was, Captain Lou Albano. Yeah. Um, so I can I can definitely see Bob Hoskins being the like more um, I don't know what the right word is gruff, uh, austere, rough, mm-hmm. like the film version of that, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He said um, I don't think Captain Lou Albano in was... the Super Show live-action. Yeah. I don't think Captain Lou Albano played a particularly gruff Mario, though, as much as he did well, like an he, old, he, fat Italian New York guy. He definitely played the gruffer brother. Oh, sure. Luigi was like the 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 younger twin, but kind of you know a little dopey, a little more optimistic about everything. Yeah, I, I think uh, out of like every presentation of Mario and Luigi, this is the only one where Luigi is not kind of the like the pansier of the two characters uh, actually yeah in this movie luigi's luigi is the star of this movie actually luigi yes. luigi's, luigi's the main not character. just the star luigi was the like this is this is the person young girls are going to come see the film for which is why he has several shirtless scenes <laughs> in the film you know which character girls are always super super into it's uh it's luigi from mario no, it's john leguizamo yeah. Like yeah. this version of Luigi is definitely that, but like you say, that's not what I expect from Luigi. But in this movie, he embodies that really well, and it's a unique portrayal, and it stands on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think Luigi's uh, or the way Leguizamo uh, portrays Luigi in this movie is probably one of its best features. I yeah, he's a very uh, central. Uh, charismatic role that the audience is very, very easily put into a surrogate role with him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but speaking of um, other charismatic actors, the the original <laughs> actor who was penned to play Mario was not Bob Hoskins. It was Tom Hanks. <laughs> which, just every time I think about that, is it's amazing. They almost got Tom Hanks I... the year before <clears throat> Forrest Gump to play oh, Super God. Mario. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. I, the year before Forrest Gump, and I think two years before Saving Private Ryan, or maybe should, this was the year Saving Private Ryan happened. I don't know. They should get him for the Illumination movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, well, that's if that's if that's animated, they would probably get his brother Jim Hanks, who always does mm. the voice parts for characters that Tom Hanks has played. Hmm. Even in in movies that are just Tom Hanks with CG rotoscope over his face? Oh, maybe not that. But, like, in all the Toy Story video games, Woody is played by Mm. his brother. Yeah. Oh, interesting. 
But all of speaking the, uh, of, like the there there is another for him too. Uh, Mario Bros. theatrical film coming up, being done by Illumination right. the Studio. That um, what they did, they are doing a new Grinch film about the Grinch's childhood, and they they are they the ones behind Despicable Me? Yeah, they're they're the Despicable yeah. Me slash Minions uh, caretaker. I think that's definitely their biggest property. Um, yeah, yeah. They're known for doing a a quicker, more slapdash job and i'm not i'm not saying that's like bad i'm i i am saying though that they're known for a uh a definite lesser standard they're lesser standard for details at least (laughs) yeah Um, uh which doesn't excite me i wish it was probably any mm. other studio but them um (laughs) yeah but i guess they i I can i can see that i can see that film being much closer to games just like the earlier cartoons were and not really striking out and having a strong creative uh, direction the way this one does. Yeah, I foresee this being a much more Alice in Wonderland type. And then this happened, <clears throat> and it's all just game set pieces as opposed to yeah. something that, like Wreck-It Ralph, which was Airsats, like Mario and Donkey Kong from the 80s, which actually had like a story to tell. So what was the game. phrase you used before to describe this movie? It was... Wizard of Oz meets Mad Max. Uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it looks like that. It looks like Wizard of Oz meets Mad Max. Uh, actually, there, there's a point of contention about the the not the premise for the whole movie because that that dinosaur thing is crazy, but the premise for uh, who Mario and Luigi are in this movie. They are not Mushroom Kingdom people. They're not enhanced in any way. They're just pr- uh, oh. plumbers living in in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Um, well. Um, that's actually, like, that's what, that's who Mario and Luigi were at that point. Like, this, this came out in, what, 90, late 93? Right, yep. yeah. Um, and, uh, Yoshi's Island was not even announced yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was the first game to, like, retcon their origins as being Mushroom Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, residents. Yeah, the standard so, agreed uh, upon backstory for Mario and Luigi is that they were from Brooklyn, uh, and you see that in uh, in the original Donkey Kong arcade game, and then in the mm. Mario Brothers arcade game, they uh, they are plumbing the sewers of New York, which gross. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But they yeah apparently find a magic pipe in those sewers that leads them to this alternate reality or dimension or, or at least other cre- yeah. other creatures are coming out of that during yeah. like during the game. But by the time of Super Mario Brothers, yeah, they've got there. And yes. you can sort yeah. of see that process happening in Donkey Kong 94 on the Game Boy, where they yeah, start... Yeah, actually. Yeah. Do you want to take that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Donkey Kong 94 on the Game Boy is an expanded remake of the original card game. And by expanded, I mean the first four levels are the same, and then the like next hundred or so levels <laughs> are completely new content. Uh, but it starts with them in the big city, mm-hmm. obviously meant to be uh, New York or stand-in for New York. And by the end of the game, they have chased Donkey Kong into uh, a place where there's there's mushrooms yeah. and a kingdom in the background and stuff. And the implication being that this is this was the journey that led Mario to the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, there's a scene um, near the end specifically where he goes through a pipe, and then there's all these mushrooms. Once you beat Donkey Kong, he takes one of the mushrooms and grows larger. And yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and they've been flinging like miniaturization mushrooms at you earlier in the game. And the end boss fight is DK fell into a pile of the super mushrooms, so you have to fight giant DK. And yeah, um, that's that's very much a part of that game's story. But yeah, so prior to Yoshi's Island, um, mm. yeah, that was just Mario and Luigi from Brooklyn. They're plumbers or blue collar workers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that they have lines a lot of different blue collar jobs in early in early games, and you can see that backstory certainly in the live action segments of the Super Show as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, especially in the theme song to the Super Show, there, there's a scene where Mario and Luigi are, are literally sucked into their like kitchen oh, sink yeah, drain, yeah. and then they they just go through this whole <laughs> like whoa i'm falling through all this stuff whoa uh scene until they get to the to the mushroom kingdom with toad and peach or toadstool Have at the time i told you i love it when you do that voice oh this this voice whoa yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and the the movie's very pure to that because you know it's 1993 there, there's nothing to disrupt that telling of mario's backstory yet um Mario and Luigi start in Brooklyn, then they go underground into a... Specifically, it's a dig site that Princess Daisy's been digging up because she's an archaeology student because hmm. plot... And we... Yeah, we can tell because she's dressed like the most <laughs> stereotypically archaeology field major I've ever seen. Yeah, it's almost but, like she was yeah. a, she was an extra at the Indiana Jones movie film. I know, right? <laughs> like, I was thinking of the dig scene at the start of Jurassic Park. She's oh, like yeah, Dr. Totally. Alan Grant, but younger. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, and that is, there, there's a, a weird portal to the Mushroom Kingdom in the sewer. That's the way they do it. There's a conspiracy theory out there that Yoshi's Island was actually the way it is being that it's a story about the birth of Mario <laughs> and Mario being born, or, or at least the stork delivers him to Yoshi's Island, which is very much already in this crazy mushroom world. Uh, it's specifically done to distance the character of Mario from the movie that came out. Uh, Yoshi's Island was two years after the movie. Um, you know, given how much of Yoshi's Island was a reaction to other things Miyamoto <laughs> wanted to push back against, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I, I really wouldn't be either. Um, <laughs> and now, Super Mario Odyssey, this is a bit of a tangent, but Super Mario Odyssey has kind of, like, bridged that a little bit. They said, no, the city, the city that Mario was originally from still exists in canon. It's called New Donk City. But... Um, it is on the same like dimension and plane as the Mushroom Kingdom and Yoshi's Island, so all that pipe travel that we're talking about still could have been done, but it would have just been like from one geographical place to another. Man, those pipes Do just they... go through the planet's core. I guess so. Do they say that he was born in New Donk City? Because there's sort of an implication in this movie that um, Cooper modeled some of the construction of Dino Hatton after... Uh, Manhattan after seeing it. Uh, oh yeah, that's actually like a slight little continuity error in the film itself because mm. they mention like over halfway through the film they're like, oh, the portal's been closed but something happened to, to make it open up again. Uh, but then you realize that like, oh wait, no, the movie opens with someone coming through 20 years earlier than that. Yeah. And the implication is that they've been like sneaking in and <laughs> 
observing us for a while now. Well, yeah, yeah. So Cooper came through 20 years ago to chase Daisy's mother, but then the tunnel collapsed, which <laughs> might have yeah. blocked it off. Maybe. Actually, this this, this is not a, a first watch realization. This is a that we're like second or third halfway watch. through the the. Well, we're we're half an hour in. Maybe we should actually talk about what happens in the movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> uh, would um, you like to start? Um, sure. I guess. Um, so so you get this. Uh, how would you describe that opening? I wouldn't exactly use the word animated. <laughs> It, it looks like a PC game from the I think mid '90s, like an like an edutainment humongous game, like Pajama yeah. Sam or something. Yeah, it's the yeah. kind of thing you'd see or, or at your like, science at your local science center, yeah, teaching yeah, you it's, about it's ecology or something. Pixel, pixel graphics, a a cutscene, if you will. Mm. Um, and it's it's this this brooklyn announcer voice explaining about the dinosaurs being wiped out by this meteor but wait what if that's not what really happened and the the mario brothers tune is playing over it yeah uh and then we sort of like transition from from pixelated stuff to real life like the opposite of old grainy televisions when you switch to the porn channel (laughs) and and we get the real world and we get this woman yeah, um, um, in... I'm going to stop you right there because um, <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is that the movie opens with the narrator literally saying to the audience, here's this ridiculous premise. Just imagine, what if that happened? Okay, now you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of ease the audience into this. Yeah, and that's something that was added um, at the last minute after they showed the movie to test audiences and they were like, what? <laughs> You know something that just <laughs> occurred to me. Were they did they have that pixelated intro because games at the time were very pixelated? Well, they did had they it think because that they that were looked like a video game. They were intending to do a more expensive-looking animation with more realistic-looking dinosaurs, and they didn't have the budget for it. So I think they just pixelated a shot they already had in order to make it super cheap to get some dinosaurs in there. That's my <laughs> yeah. theory. But yeah, the video game um, theory is good too. Um, yeah but yeah it's it's you get this woman running yeah. through uh what you come to realize very quickly is the the sewers of of new york as she comes out and she's got like this basket and she leaves it's it's you know a, a desperate woman is running from something and leaves a baby on the doorstep mm-hmm. of a chapel except it's an egg right mm. um and she puts this little like gemstone in this magical like um someone someone in our our chat group the other day said this looked like a prop from the phantom menace um, <laughs> oh yeah that was me this I little think I... this little harness that the the crystal goes into over the egg and yeah mm-hmm. um and then goes back in and is like Okay, she she's a bit more relieved. She thinks the danger is past, and you know, cue from the shadows, um, Dennis Hopper, whose character we don't know yet, except she just calls him Koopa right there. So I guess we do. <laughs> um, and he's uh, as a nice bit of continuity detail, he's dressed in a military uniform with tons of of accolades and stuff. Like this is a high ranking guy, and he just brings the roof down on her. Um, 
And that's the intro to the movie. We get the title card, we get the 20 years later as we do our pan shot of New York to let us know we're in New York, because the rest of the movie probably wasn't filmed there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was filmed yeah. in, um, oh, what's the city? Because they have the, the, the bar that has that prop up on the wall, right? Oh, yeah. What city yeah. is that? Oh, I can't remember, but there is a bar is Toronto? with some props from the film. Yeah, and they have a. I wouldn't be at all surprised. A whole if it was fossilized skeleton um, up on the wall. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Um, and and so we get into, you know. Yeah, we, what we hear Mario is an and... over uh, um, a voiceover of Mario talking on the phone, saying, "Oh, what's wrong with your plumbing? Yeah, well, don't touch it. We'll be right there." And he yeah. tries to get Luigi up to say, "Oh, we got a job," but Luigi, he's too busy watching his uh, crazy TV programs. What's going uh, on? Miraculous, miraculous world. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mario's like, I can't believe you believe in that miracle thing stuff. that Men in Black did. Huh? Interesting. Anyway, yeah, it is a lot like uh, that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so many movies owe a lot to Super Mario Brothers in terms of obviously it's, it's true. Pioneer so many field. movies, if you get right but, down to it, like, are based on Super so, Mario Brothers. <laughs> so, so. Instead of just doing a scene by scene, uh, we we <laughs> sure. basically get some some setup where uh, Mario and Luigi uh, are are the purveyors of Mario Bros. Plumbing, and they're fairly well known. Like the people around town know them, but there is the big bad construction company owned by yeah. Scapelli, uh, who is is a guy the Mario Brothers, or at least Mario knows. Mm. It does not uh, I like. believe in, in uh, script treatments. It's somebody he grew up with, like the neighborhood bully who's now in charge of everything. And he, uh, Scapelli now has a plumbing division that is edging the Marios out of business. And they're, uh, they're not happy. Well, Mario's not happy about it. Luigi's just kind of, eh. For, uh, um, yeah, if Scapelli's I could quote from the novelization. Plumbing, though, right? Scapelli is uh, construction, I thought. Scapelli is construction, but if you look at the vans, it's Scapelli Construction Plumbing Division. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's got a bunch yeah, of yeah. businesses listed there that they are in. If I could quote yeah. from the novelization for a minute. Um, Please do. Our boss, Mr. Scapelli, you know him? Know him, Mario had to laugh. I grew up with that bum. He ain't a plumber. He's a toxic waste dumper. He don't know a pipe from a crowbar. Yeah, yeah. I think that this would have been a, a really that was easy addition the to the movie that would have actually kind of explained a lot about who Scapelli is. Well, it was yeah. filmed for the movie, but they cut it. You can actually see stills of it, of this scene. Um, it's when the Marios get to the cafe to fix the thing, and the Scapelli thugs are there, and they muscle them out of the job. Yeah, um, and the, the implication is Scapelli's got a lot of money, and he gets a lot of contracts, but he's not actually that great at his job, because there are numerous scenes throughout the film or at least in the parts of the film that take place in Manhattan, of the Marios coming in and fixing a shoddy job that the Scapelli uh, people have done. Mm. So anyway, so. Scapelli meets up with Princess Daisy, who's an archaeologist doing a dig in the middle of Manhattan. I think Scapelli well, doesn't want her to do that because of uh, if she finds anything important, they can't build there. Is that the yeah, well? It's it it is a build site, and they were clearing bedrock to lay foundation and found uh, some bones ah, okay. that are now being looked at by the archaeology department of the local university, which yeah. is a thing that happens in real life uh, fairly frequently. Yeah, just definitely. not in New York. And they say um, later on that the blasting actually opened up the portal again to the uh, yeah yeah yeah. So Luigi has a meet cute with Daisy. Uh, <laughs> yep. 
they he asks her to dinner after like the craziest <laughs> ask out to a date scene in any movie ever. Um, like honestly, this, this I hate this scene. <laughs> I, I hate this scene a little bit. Like it's the idea that this is how dating works is crazy. Um, like Daisy just meets Luigi. Luigi asks, "Do you eat?" And, and Daisy says, "Well, yeah. You can't. You can't say no because I have to eat." Uh, and then then Luigi's like dinner tonight and then Daisy's instead of just being like I I literally just met you like maybe but like calm down she's like absolutely <laughs> and they go to I mean yeah. to be fair I've had first dates that got set up like that so well, they they they, 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 they presumably made, like, a had a conversation in the too. van on the way there but yeah. it also plays into the relationship between Mario and Luigi because Mario is there prompting him and like talking for him because Luigi's too like oh, yeah, choked whole, up to get what it out. My brother is trying to say is, would you like to accompany us to dinner later tonight? Yep. Yeah. 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 And they make a whole uh, fun dinner date out of it where uh, Mario's girlfriend, Danielle, also shows up. Daniela, uh, sorry. Yes. Daniela. And? Daniela from her, the salon. And her full name? Oh. Her full name is Daniela Pauline Verducci, yes. the future mayor of the goddamn city. That's right. Um, <laughs> um, um, that's actually not stated anywhere in the movie due to uh, a couple different cut scenes because that full name was going to be revealed in a couple different places over the course of various Yeah, including a proposal and wedding scene between Mario and Daniela uh, at the end that was two cut. Two different proposals. <laughs> Um, because the proposal happens in different places depending on which script you're reading. Right. Uh, I think the filmed version of the proposal happens during the rescue. During the rescue. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. He just proposes to her right there. Um, so after the date, uh, Daisy and Luigi uh, hang out. They're walking around for a while. Daisy offers to show Luigi um, the sewer and her dig site. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, whoa, the dinosaur person here. He's like, whoa. And then they just kind of breeze over that. Um, but then two people who we've dubbed Wario and Waluigi, uh, <laughs> two of Scapelli's henchmen, uh, they're they're like in a different room in the underground. And mm. Yeah, they get they get caught in the act of sabotaging the pipes. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're, they set this whole place just flooding and they run away. Uh, then Luigi apparently has enough time to go all the way back to his house, get Mario, come back, and then turn all the pipes off with Mario. Um, and it's at that point where they realize that there's an open portal to the Mushroom Kingdom somewhere in the sewer. Well, you um, skipped over... And they realize we, yeah, because re- of... Yeah, we, we skipped over uh, Spike and Iggy. Yes, who we've met at Koopa's this point a two, few times. The bumbling, two bumbling villains cousins. in the film. Speaking of age differences, the, these guys are presented as Koopa's cousins. Yes, they're they're ostensibly uh, the the Koopalings stand-in for this film. Cousins um, can be pretty different, though. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and they they up until this point they've been seen kind of skulking around in the background. They're looking for someone, presumably Daisy. Um, they keep. We, we've been seeing some background news articles about missing Brooklyn girls. Uh, they kidnapped Daniela mm. by mistake. 
they're like, is it the right one? And it's like, she's got two legs and a head, right? <laughs> How many times can we get it wrong? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and they come in and, and bonk the Marios on the head, grab Daisy, get her out of there. Right. Yep. So they're the, the uh, stupid henchman type, but they do a good yeah, job yeah. with that, and they've got some good physical yeah. comedy chops there. And then, yeah, the Mario is following along, see this this portal in the wall and jump through, and we get like the trippiest scene since the last time this scene was done in Tron. Yeah, of <laughs> uh, <laughs> just Mario falling through a, like a cosmic bathtub full of. Like you, you ever looked through a kaleidoscope while on acid? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's also like he's falling through a geode. You can see all these crystal structures. Yeah, yeah. Which ties into the crystal theme. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so I, yeah, I, yeah. I just want to do an overview for the rest of the movie because we're going too slow with this. <laughs> we are. We just love it so much. We can't stop talking about all the details. Shenanigans <laughs> ensue. Uh, yeah, shenanigans <laughs> ensue. Uh, Mario and Luigi find Daisy and Daniela, who've both been stolen by Kuba's people, and the rest of the Brooklyn girls, and the one from Queens. Mm-hmm. And um, just the atmosphere down here in the Mushroom Kingdom is crazy. It's mm. like Tokyo, Seattle dark edition and like people are just uh grilling up hot dogs with lizards put in like long ways into the hot dog which doesn't make any sense if you think about it yeah like like imagine blade runner except everything's just kind of moldy yeah and covered in (laughs) fungus literally covered in fungus that's a plot point yeah the people are lizards and the air techno industrial dystopia and people have like not skin conditions, but just like random scales mm-hmm. on their faces. And everything has spikes. Everything. Everything has spikes. <laughs> and sparks Someone... flying all over the place. Yeah, like you know those little wind up. This might be too old for Mitch. Those little wind up toys that would make the little sparks while they go off and do their little tiny walking. Like the bomb. The bomb is yeah. this little wind up toy that does the feet. Thing. I mean, yeah, those I know wind up like toys. Spark. <laughs> Have you, heard of one, they, have you heard of clockwork yeah but I've the, the really old work. ones the the really old ones would like send off these sparks and shit yeah, i don't it's remember how they were walking along. but all the cars in the film um, are essentially like dodge em cars bumper mm-hmm. cars um yeah, they run off this yeah. overhead electrical grid um i'll point out yeah. since we're talking about the world design and the sort of sets um <laughs> The art director for this film, oh no, sorry, yeah, the art director also was art director on Demolition Man. Um, The production designer was also production designer on Demolition Man and art director on Blade Runner. That's David L. Snyder. And the art guy is Walter Martitius. I wonder if they borrowed sets. Props to them because they did a fantastic job at making the world of this film um, seem interesting. Yeah, no, like they went... For for what you would expect to be low budget and would probably be considered low budget today, this they put a lot of work into this set design. To be fair, it's like like they keep talking about this big city that they're going through, and really they're just showing like clever angles of this one street. Like mm. yeah, there's like the main the the main thoroughfare, and we just keep getting it from different angles. Yeah, there's <laughs> one it's only ever one street. And it's not a very with long a big street. Map painting that they pan up to. Um, but you never yeah. really see much uh, after that. It's close-ups, yeah. They they do a good job of making it feel like a really big but dense city yeah. that's just full of people packed in um, because this is, based as far as, as Koopa is concerned, this is the only city on the planet. Right. Mm. Um, just surrounded by desert. Mm. Which, is, which is a weird um, thing because <laughs> Mario games at this point 
have had a lot of other locales besides yeah, desert like we, and city. We we also had Super Mario Brothers three, which featured eight other kingdoms. Mm-hmm. In fact. Yeah, and then Mario so. World was like an island adventure in the middle of a sea. None of that exists <laughs> in this movie. And just um, speaking of Koopa a little bit, the the motivations uh, for things happening behind this film is Koopa wants that rock that Daisy's got that she now wears around her. Uh, neck as a necklace because it is a shard of the meteorite that that chipped off on impact and if the meteorite is is put back together basically the the worlds emerge again and the 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 dinosaur people will not be condemned to this one city and will actually get to like experience the rest of the world and and he's he's it's kind of like ganondorf's wind waker backstory a little bit where he's like well Hmm. we were kind of stuck in this shithole and we wanted out I coveted those wins. Unlike yeah. that, however, um, this is very, it's it's very much shown to be Koopa's fault. Like, it's poor mm. managing of resources. Um, yeah. The, mm. the rich have gotten richer and the poor have gotten poorer to the point where they just, like, have over-farmed and overused the entire planet. Uh, it, yep. It's interesting. I, I can't think of too many other movies that are kind of, like, about that kind of global warming-esque thing. Where the regular humans are actually doing pretty well compared to this other thing that shows yeah. up. We're usually the ones that are like, oh, we've mismanaged our entire lives. Yeah. yeah. Is Demolition Man like that? Maybe. No, Demolition Man is just crazy future. <laughs> it's um, just wacky now. Okay, it's not like an environmental disaster. Okay. I was trying to draw no, more parallels. No, no. People just do everything weird now. And they Demolition have Man is, is low-budget Judge Dredd is what Demolition Man is. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, like 20 years ago, he executed a military coup and turned the, the old king, Daisy's father, Mm. into all the fungus that is surrounding the city. Yeah. And -hmm. we get that exposition Um, from Toad, who's a great little character who shows up briefly, played by, um, Mojo Nixon. Um, Um, and he did this via the Devo machine, which is the, the magic MacGuffin that explains so much of the things in this film. Right, so this machine um, can evolve or devolve people um, into their ancestors or descendants presumed <coughs> forms. Uh, and usually what that means is, you know, for if you go forward into advanced or like modern, that's human. You look human. Uh, and if you go backward, it depends on who you are like if you're mario or luigi if you're from the the real world you'd probably turn into a monkey a a gorilla of some sort um but if you're uh one of the if you're daisy or koopa or toad or anyone from this world you will turn into um well any number of things depending on how far they (laughs) set you back so if you set back if you're set back a lot you're just like a primordial ooze set back Mm. a little bit less than that you're all the fungus that he turned the king into a little bit less than that, you're a Goomba, which is just this round head reptilic thing. A little bit yeah, less than that, you're a Troopa, which is a like, little bit more formed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somewhere in between there is, is Koopa does get devolved into something, some semblance of a Tyrannosaurus at some point. Right. Mm, and that he claims is, to uh, be to... descended <clears throat> from the T-Rex. Yeah. And... Yeah. <laughs> so if you're weirded out, like, why, is, why is Bowser, why is king koopa just like a guy in this for like two seconds at the end of the movie he is briefly something that i guess you could argue resembles bowser a yeah bit. 
I I guess a point to bring up is this this film is ostensibly trying to be an origin story for Super Mario Brothers, so one could argue that like this is how Bowser becomes the big monstrous thing. Mm-hmm. But then he just he turns is. into slime. Yeah, but the king turns back later, so why can't Koopa? Um so Yeah, okay. I Except mean, yeah. like what the the king had a centralized knob of yeah he was was. they i don't know why his throne was under devo chamber number two (laughs) but whatever yeah you'd Um, think that king koopa would like want that throne but he just thought it would be funny if he put it under the mushrooms um well he likes to go there and gloat to it and say oh look (laughs) you're so tough i took i like to go in this room and talk to this mushroom that i turned this guy into and just say hey dude he looks stupid as a mushroom (laughs) yeah just so you know the 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 bad guys inevitably get the the meteorite piece back in, and there's a showdown between Mario and Bowser, and Luigi saves the girl, and you know mm-hmm. it's an action movie, <laughs> uh, but it's a fun action movie. And aside from an that opening movie. thing, contains no Mario music whatsoever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's this not even in the film. That's just over a production logo. Like the success yeah. of Mario has a light motif. Uh, any time Mario does something well, there's this song that plays that I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you did it. it exactly right. It's exactly like that. Yeah, that's uh, Alan Silvestri is the composer for this film, and he doesn't use any game themes throughout the whole film. But... I wonder if he's just like, I'm put on this project. Ain't no way I'm gonna like degrade myself by playing a video game. Well, I don't know, like. <laughs> The the Transformers film didn't feature any of the music from like the the show and got like fucking Weird Al and Devo on the soundtrack and stuff. Yeah, I would argue and that's also Def a bad Lever thing to do. Knock off and just like oh, no, that soundtrack's amazing. You take that back. <laughs> anyway. Transformers? No, I, I won't. Yeah, I'll I'll take that one to an argument. But uh, with, with um, the but yeah, Mario just... theme, I like the Mario theme they came up with. It's just like. Why? <laughs> I, well, I was I just think going it makes for like maybe they the the film landscape of the day was like we need a more we need a film soundtrack. Yeah. We can't use a lesser thing. Well, you I think they could have made orchestral versions like... of the melodies. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. But I think given how much the visuals are divorced from what you see in the games, it kind of fits in with that to have the music also be completely different. And the last time I watched it today to prepare for this, I noticed um, this nice theme that comes on whenever Lena and Daisy are having a scene together. Um, And I started thinking about how great that was as a sort of sinister um, theme. But then I realized that you could probably replace it with the Super Mario World Castle theme. And it's not too different. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So So it could go either way. So mentioning Lena real quick, um, she's the only original character created for this film everybody else and almost everything else in the film is based off something from the game well hang on like you've got scapelli isn't but oh yeah. scapelli is no, like is. an amalgam of like wario and foreman spike from Wrecking well Kyle, yeah but yeah. that's i feel in... like that's us reading into it comparing it to things that we know about i um but yeah at the end of I the movie there is so. actually something that scapelli is so i take that back yeah, well, in, in earlier, one of the scenes that is cut um, is 
because because first of all, Scapelli is the the construction the the antagonistic construction foreman who knows Mario. Um, but like, and then to go along with one of the scenes at the end where he gets, uh, Mario dodges out of the way. So the devolution blast that was meant for him hits Scapelli, which devolves Scapelli into a chimp. Right. Follows on from an earlier scene that was cut of Scapelli antagonizing Daniela Pauline at the construction site. So I'm just taking this as the origin of Donkey Kong. Right? Yeah. I, it, yeah. Scapelli is supposed to be Donkey Kong. Um, but you know, like every other animal or like monster in this movie, uh, it's just, just a like, human. Right down to like background extras, like the two Devo technicians in in Koopa's room where he does all this mad scientist stuff to people and turns his citizens into Goombas, are are Wart, the boss of <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Two, and Gloober, Gloober which. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Bloober, which the, is supposed to be Bloober. Blooper. Sorry, with a B, yeah. well, not yeah. with a G. At the time, um, um, they were known as Bloober in the manuals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, were they? Okay. Uh, one yeah. of those names change up. over the years. I, I corrected you. And, I corrected and you guys about it earlier, but why? Why he was a squid story. person? I don't know. Goombas were mushroom people or whatever, but they're all everyone's lizards in this. But yeah, like so, random background extras are named after enemies. Like yeah. major characters in the film are, are they, Iggy, who was a Koopaling, and Spike, who was not. And was just a Koopa enemy. Uh, Big Bertha, that annoying fucking fish that always fucking kills me in Super Mario Bros. 3, uh, is a, a major character in the film mm. and is like the entire mini antagonist of Act 2. Yeah, it's um, ridiculous. Then, then switches sides like a lot of people in the film. Yeah, Iggy and Spike switch sides, sides later on. Um, when Toad yeah. gets de-evolved into a Goomba, he eventually uh, figures out that he wants to be on Daisy's side and help her. Um, um, so there's a lot like of that going Yoshi on. Yoshi shows up. The spike theming is from the tile set used in Bowser's Castle stages. Yeah, so uh, we were talking um, about this before. Like, My assumption with like why everything <coughs> has spikes on it is that someone did the the tiling of King Koopa's room in spikes as a reference to Super Mario World and the way it actually looks. And then someone else just went like, oh, we're doing spikes? Got it. And just did everything yeah. else in the movie, just like okay, yeah. pillows spikes have spikes everywhere. Like, everything is background elements like there's street signs for like Hammer Bros tattoo mm-hmm. and the Wiggler bar mm-hmm. and just like and the the, the, the street vendor boots. The street vendor yeah. is selling fried tweeters and Wigglers and things like that. Yeah, and um, like the rocket boots they use are called thwomps. Like everything thwomps is a reference things. except Lena, who is the the spiteful. I'm not going to say love interest. She's in love with Koopa. Yeah. Koopa doesn't give a shit. Well, yeah, she's um, it's it's a role that was necessary for the film to have a secondary yeah. antagonist. Yeah. Um, but it's not really something that was ever necessary in the games. So I think they just we, made something up for it. We were kind of surmising that if this film had come out like a year and a half later, she would have been like named Kamek. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my yeah. theory was that she was meant to represent Peach, <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah, that that um, really works. Um, as in <clears throat> in the sense that we're drawing a connection to things that showed up later, but yeah, at the time that wasn't a factor for them, and they created her for the film. Well, being that we um, call I'll, those two yeah. Scapelli guys Wario and Waluigi, I think we can also yeah. call her Kamek Same. if we need to. Yeah, 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 I agree. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. another exception to that though is. The policeman who 
brings in the Marios. He shows up later to have a exposition oh, scene about the Devo yeah. gun. Um, in the script, he's called Simon. Okay. Right. He's just called Simon. <laughs> That's his name. Okay. Um, in the fi- in the finished film, um, it's sort of implied in the first Devo chamber scene that the tech operating the panel is Simon because Cooper's talking to him. But all through the f- script, that policeman is consistently referred to as Simon. And that name just comes from nowhere. <laughs> so Simon and the woman who just puts her feet all over him. <laughs> yeah. So so to go back to the uh, to to the thwomps, uh, yes. they are these like an overlay for your shoes that Mario and Luigi find in the Mushroom Kingdom that allows they're, them to jump like... really high, which is is a hearkening to their ability to jump in the games. Um, yeah. They remind me of the thing you have to to strap onto your feet to. To connect to skis yeah yes. or like uh you ever you ever play with moon shoes mm, no? yeah yeah they're like they're they got the the trampoline inside of them but they're like buckets that you oh, they're cool. hard to stand in yeah so yeah they're essentially um over boots with yeah. big hydraulic uh presses and by the way you load them up with a cartridge in the shape of a bullet bill to make them work I was going to make um, the point that Charge and Chuck would have just been a, a much better name for that than Thwomp, because Chucks are already... Thwomp Stompers? Yeah. Chucks are already shoes. Um, oh, I get it. Yeah, and mm, they charge. Yeah. Thing. That's running and not jumping. Um, they probably make you a little better mm. at running, too, but point taken. Um, yeah. We are at yeah. over an hour, so I think we're going to have to wrap it up pretty soon. <laughs> okay. okay. Um... um. Let's see. We we talked a little bit about the the poster pack that came with the cassette <laughs> that was uh, okay. The the radio, no, well, not even a radio edit, but it's it's like the only thing I can compare this to is an old radio play because right. you've got like the 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 radio voice announcer doing yeah his, narrator, and then this happened and blah blah blah, and you get the you know slightly overacted scenes between characters and stuff. If I remember to do it, uh, there's going to be a snippet of that at the beginning and end of this episode. <laughs> oh. Okay, Good. awesome. Um, there was a novelization. There was a coloring book. There were there was a set of action figures. Yeah, it it got a bit of tie-in material, not like the whole shebang. Like there weren't like McDonald's toys or whatever. And sadly, there wasn't um, a video game tie-in, which would have been perfect. Yeah, there <laughs> wasn't. There was never a a Super Mario Brothers the movie the game hmm. in any form. Um, well, the person to uh, to make that would be Nintendo, and Nintendo. As we were talking mm, about it earlier, mm. they were not fans. <laughs> I I would actually argue that the people to make that, since they had the various distribution and and product rights, would be Disney. And well, were they really I making games the... at the time, or they were just like oh, yeah. telling Capcom to make? Oh yeah, they were. Um, weren't they? They, there was a they, Disney they interactive prominent division. Magical Quest games, uh, featuring Mickey and friends, were were was ongoing at that. That time. was actually I a actually Disney developed team. Like a developing. Well, team? it was a, a Disney licensed thing at the very Well, yeah, least. that's and what I mean. I like they would totally see Disney going, "Hey, you guys make a tie-in game for this movie on this engine," because. Hmm. Eh. I doubt yeah. they had yeah. the rights for that, but. Mm. So the... they they probably would have had to work something out with Nintendo. But... Yeah. But it didn't happen. But we did get some tie-in material, yeah. like Gibbon was saying. Um, I would like to plug the website smbmovie.com. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, 
a fantastic resource if you want to know anything more about this movie. They've got the old scripts, many different revisions of them. They've got um, the coloring book, the poster pack. It's all linked there. They've got pictures of the action figures, the trading cards. They've got interviews with um, cast and crew. Um, It's really a great resource. And the fans behind it, Stephen Applebaum and Ryan Hoss, um, they are deeply involved in a lot of projects to keep the film's legacy alive. They were behind... Uh, the Blu-ray release recently, they mastered a lot of, you know, the extra features for that and stuff and got it happening. Um, they are working on a musical version of the film, <laughs> apparently. Um, um, they're doing the the upcoming extra special edition Steelcase Blu-ray release yes. that has, among other things, that Disney edit of the film yes. that we were talking about yeah, earlier. That's on amazing to me, by the way, that Disney <laughs> just said, yeah, we're Disney, one of the most, like, notably overbearing companies of all time but you guys can just like do it if you want you can just make the <laughs> blu-ray if you like yeah and they did yeah. they're doing yeah. it it's amazing yeah um and um, those two guys they also uh made a comic as a sequel to the movie with input from parker bennett who wrote the original or one of the original scripts and then came in for script doctoring later in the process um so it has um, some legitimacy. It unfortunately wasn't yeah. finished. It hasn't been updated since mid-2015. But it's well worth a look. Um, and then in addition to the musical, they are working on a short... I don't know how lengthy this is supposed to be, but the the Dinosaur City thing, where uh, which was going to take place in Dino-Hatton yes. and just feature like a, a, a short short film like student project length mm. set in that thing using like original props and s- costumes and stuff. Yeah, because these guys are not, such fans that they've bought up a lot of the props that were used on the film when they come up in yeah, auctions. Not, yeah. not legally having anything to do with Mario, but oh, using okay. um, just a something set in that world. Yeah, unfortunately a lot of the a, leads from the film have passed away thing. at this point, which is kind of yeah, sad, but right. Samantha Mathis mm-hmm. is still around. She's Daisy. Um yeah. yeah, and John Leguizamo. They can do a Daisy and Luigi thing. Yep. That's the heart oh, of the movie. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Daniela's actress uh, posts fitness videos on Twitter a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, not her own fitness yeah, videos, just like plugging other <laughs> fitness what videos. A, what a oh, fun Twitter oh, cool. account. <laughs> um, hey, I follow her. You gotta, you gotta get fit somehow. Dana, Dana Kaminsky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and just another really quick plug, the novelization that we mentioned... You can get it on Amazon probably, but um, it's also been converted into an ebook on the Tumblr, retroreadingtime.tumblr.com. So an unofficial um, ebook. So go and check that out. So yeah. thank you guys so much for coming. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys about uh, the movie. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's, it's been fun doing this. It's been a lot of fun just spending this week reacquainting myself with all this material. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. In preparation for the podcast, we watched the movie uh, with each other over Skype. And that was, that was so fun. I loved that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, one thing I want to close out on, one, one last trivia detail. In the movie, mm. it's clarified that they're called the Mario Brothers because their names are Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Their last names are Mario because why would you call the brothers by one of their first names? That totally makes sense. And that's been like borderline accepted over the years this is that's the one aspect of the movie that really has kind of fed back into mario continuity and canon um, quote unquote right right um miyamoto himself has gone back and forth I, like he's 
at one point said that's not the case, but recently he's said that was the case. Is that correct? Something um, like that. I can't keep up. <laughs> but being that Nintendo is who they are, they could just take it back again. I want to clarify here on the Super Jump podcast that they are called Mario Mario and Luigi Mario as far as Super Jump canon is concerned. You can take that one to the bank. We're not changing. We are yeah, rock yeah. solid and stubborn, and that will be what they are called for the rest <laughs> oh, of their God. lives as fictional right characters, on. which I'm sure right will exceed mine and Super Jumps. But oh Lord! Uh, in the meantime, yeah. we'll jump at you next time. Stay super. Yeah.